Welcome to the Investment Clinic Live, your monthly 30-minute online chat with an investor. And now your host, Brindusa Burroughs. Welcome. Welcome to the first Investment Clinic Live. We're very excited to have you all here today in partnership with the Impact Hub Geneva and the global finalists of Accelerate 2030. My name is Brindusa Burroughs. I'm the founder and CEO of the Ground Up Project. Very excited to be here today, joined by the team, and we will be having a very interesting, hopefully for you uh, all, Q&A with Angela Fratila, who is our Chief Strategy Officer here at the, at the Ground Up Project. So let's get going to our Q&A today. Let me remind you, if you have any questions, to put them in the chat, and we'll try to address them as we go along. These are some of the key questions that have come to us in the course of last year. In 2017, at the Ground Up Project, we pre-qualified a pipeline of about $100 million. Many, many deals from many, many parts of the world. A few characteristics, common characteristics in the investor readiness process. And so we selected some of the top, top questions that have come out and hopefully the answers that you would get uh, today and the experience that we have had would help you as well in your own fundraising process. Angela Fratila is our chief strategy officer. She has 20 years of experience in, uh, in executive roles, mostly in finance and sustainability management consulting. She is also founder of The Social Partner, which is a knowledge hub of sustainability best practices. She's based in Geneva, Switzerland. And she has done a lot of work with several of the deals that we pre-qualified last year. And so she's in the best place to, to join us today. So thank you, Angela, for joining us. Let's start, if you would like, with the first question. So some of the companies that we have spoken to, and I think some of the global finalists of Accelerate 2030 as well, have this question that comes out many times. How much funding should I raise and what should I use it for? Many aspects to it. but Let's see if we can capture some of the key points to that question. Thank you, Brandusha. Hello to everybody. Uh, pleased to, to speak with you directly and indirectly today. I will try to be short and clear on these answers to, to cover as much as possible. First question, there is a first answer. There is no one answer to, to this question. Uh, the, the answer depends uh, entirely on the stage of the business, on the type of business run, on the indus industry, on the geographical location. To, to give a little bit of a more detailed uh, answer, I would go one by one. In terms of how much, I would say the typical answer that uh, you will hear on and on again and has to be applied is to raise as little possible, but raise enough. You need to know as an entrepreneur, you need to know there is a typical type, the typical range of funding available or applicable to a certain business stage. And going outside that type of range will uh, destroy the credibility of the business, of the request of the fundraising. So as little as possible, but enough to keep you going for uh, the duration that I will explain a little bit later. That will be around 12 to 18 months. What type of capital? That also, there is no single answer that uh, depends on, um, on what you need. 
If you need just money, probably debt will be fine. If you need active investors, if you need expertise, if you need connections, uh, you should look into equity investment. If you are a social enterprise or an NGO, grants are your best and most likely choice. And then the third question being, uh, what should we use for this capital, the ones that we managed to raise it? Uh, I would say here that, uh, of course, um, building a business and growing a business needs time, and then time equals money. So there will be the, the need uh, that you will have will, uh, will correspond to the type of the stage where you are, and how do you need to build further your business? Typically, you will manage anyway the triangle product development, access to market, and organization and administration of your um, company. In terms of priority, the use of funds will uh, give priority to product development and market development, building your sales capability, your sales organizations, the infrastructure in terms of assets or people that you need to grow the business from wherever you are at, the, at that point. The salaries for administration, for management and the overheads in general, they should be the lowest on your list. If we have time, uh, we can go into, into more details. Dusha, do you think we, uh, we would develop more here? Yeah, I was thinking, Angela, if, perhaps we could go a little bit into more specifics. So you, you mentioned, for example, raise as little as possible enough to, to get you to prove your your growth. Now, how much does that mean generally? So if you actually build your financials, how many months does that represent? And also, I guess, if you want to elaborate a little bit on what is the, the multiplier that the investor expects. So when you look at what's the relation between the amount that you're raising and what the investor is expecting in terms of multiplier. So I, I can bring you a few benchmarks, which are, as I they are they are benchmarks they are indicative but uh, they are calibrating the thinking of investors uh, just as well as uh, the thinking of entrepreneurs so in principle as a benchmark you would need to raise about 12 to 18 months of runway funds that means the funds that are allowing you to exist and continue to build the business for that kind of period for 12 to 18 months when the revenue is not meeting your uh, projection. So you will not take the scenario, the, the base case scenario, you will not take the best case scenario, you will take the worst case scenario, and you will calculate your uh, funding according to what you need for that kind of duration, 12 to 18 months, so that you can continue to, to build your business. That's one benchmark. Some other companies, uh, depending on the stage industry again and the type of uh, product, may have different numbers. But as a benchmark, that is uh, pretty good. In terms of the the amount that you are raising, there is always the question uh, in the preselection process and in general in the whole investment cycle. It's uh, that the question is about how much uh, the company is uh, valued and how much equity are you likely to give for the funding that you request. There is a benchmark going on which says that the valuation is uh, between three to five of the amount that you are looking to raise. 
So if you are looking to raise $500,000, your valuation will be between three to five times that amount. That's also something to calibrate uh, your thinking. And then there is another benchmark that might be interesting for uh, entrepreneurs to keep in mind. There is an expectation from the entrepreneurs, of course, but also from the investors that the companies are going on a growing trend. So as they evolve in the evolution, they will raise all the time. Every funding round is higher than the other one, than the previous one. And it's higher to the extent of three to five times higher than the previous funding round. So if you have raised 200K in, uh, in a previous round, you need to think about making a, a funding request that is sensible and uh, demonstrates the growth and the fact that you are going into a higher level of um, development. You cannot go to raise another 200K because that will uh, show that the company is on a plateau and that is, that is not a good sign for an investment uh, process. You probably also cannot go raise uh, 10 million in the next round, you know, unless you're... No. Exactly. So so what you're saying is that there are certain benchmarks that are expected. And obviously, there they would be particular cases that could go a little bit higher, a little bit lower. But in general, those are benchmarks that when an investor looks at your current round, they will already have in mind how much leeway there is in the future so that they multiply in the next round, right? Yeah, these benchmarks are maybe generic, they are averages, but they are also starting points in the negotiation of a particular deal. They are calibrating the, the, the starting of the discussion, but they are not very far from the reality. So, yes. Yeah. So on that, I think it just takes us nicely into the second question, which is, you know, when you show your financial projections uh, to an investor, what is the signal that they are sending to the investor? And what, what should an entrepreneur be paying attention to? So we, we, we learned uh, and we saw uh, quite a diversity of companies in the history of Ground Up. And we work with uh, a number of them. And there are quite a number of things that we can say about the financial projections. Let's start with the presentation of the financial projections. At the minimum, a business who looks for uh, getting the trust of an investor must speak and use the language and the tools that this investor is used to see. It must speak the language of that investor. And that language means an income statement, a balance sheet, and the cash flow, which are must-haves. Too many companies that we have seen are uh, declaring themselves in the funding mode they want to get the investor's attention, but do not uh, think of putting their financials together in a professional way, which is uh, inspiring trust, a trust from a capital provider. Then um, I would say financial projections where uh, we see a certain growth euphoria. I mean, by that uh, over-optimistic growth or uh, over-estimating uh, the market size potential without having the arguments to back this up, indicate poor management. And we have seen companies which are coming without that kind of information whatsoever. But then we also see companies which are unrealistic on uh, estimating these two elements, which are critical to, to estimate uh, in the investor eye, to estimate the potential for growth. 
Investors apply their market knowledge to screen the business and they have expertise in the field where they decide to invest. So they will know what is realistic, what works and what doesn't work in terms of growth. Unsupported claims are uh, self-disqualifying. We are working a lot with impact investors and uh, it's not a financial impact that I'm uh, discussing now. I'm talking about the social and environmental impact. It's equally dangerous to overstate that kind of impact because impact investors are driven by mission and by uh, vision related to the impact. Typically, the impact is difficult to, to estimate and the statements which are out of charts, outliers, are not credible and they are challenged with skepticism. A third thing that I, uh, I'm thinking to, to mention is that financials in the preselection stage are expected to be, uh, they can be either at a summary level or at a detailed level, whatever the company feels comfortable to provide and that has to be adapted to the stage of development of a company. A startup, an early stage could go maybe with a summary, but with very accurate data behind the summary and ready to answer questions. Company which is in a growth stage needs to demonstrate that they know what means financial management and they can master the financials to a level of detail that is more deep. When we look at the revenue and the cost projections, we need to keep in mind that the revenue projections are taken with a pinch of salt. They are expectations and ambitions of the entrepreneur and sometimes they can we can agree with them. Um, but on that level, uh, the investors are applying their own expertise and they will know what they want to take out of the revenue. On the cost side, the entrepreneur needs to come with relatively accurate data because it's much easier to benchmark costs. We have seen a lot of variations and a lot of fuzzy numbers in the cost side. And that is indicating to the investor that the management doesn't understand the cost base, which becomes a risk factor for the investor because the management is not, uh, is not uh, demonstrating the knowledge of the environment where he mm. operates. Why do you think this is happening? Do you really need a, a special financial expertise? Are, are these statements and accurate estimates really that hard to put together? It's a, it's a, it's a definite massive part of the, the elements that need to be provided. and elements that need to you need to exist uh, as a business when you you exist as a business when you know what you need also on the financial side the financial statements as such to prepare them it's not uh, it shouldn't be a major challenge there are templates uh, the financial statements are predefined already what do you need to include and how do they look like what do you what, what elements of information are provided so there is no excuse of not having the financial statements Okay, um, having said that, templates exist, but you need to apply financial expertise and you need to use proper financial skills to make sure that the business logic and the, the business plan is reflected well and correctly in the numbers. And um, in the, let's not forget that in the eyes of the investor, they expect to see financial skills in the team. However, the financial projections are the responsibility of the management team, not of the financial experts. So it, we, we need to see that uh, the entrepreneur is, um, is taking ownership of the financial projections and uh, he's comfortable to show that in the financial numbers, the business plan is properly uh, reflected. Yeah. And I would say, you know, we have seen uh, entrepreneurs who actually have gone out and seek 
help from experts. And they had the experts actually build their their financial models. You know, you it's very easy. You get someone to build your template. They put in, they plug in the numbers. But actually, what you should be doing, and and hopefully this is what the investment clinic is offering, is working with an expert so that you as an entrepreneur gain the knowledge and feel really prepared when the when you go in front of the investor and they you know they grill you with questions that you you yourself know how to answer that and and put out that sort of level of of trust to to the investor now i guess because we are talking about investors i would segue now into you know what should the entrepreneurs know about investors you you go out and you approach investors what are some of the things that that we have seen in our experience that people do you know, what should they know when they prepare to approach investors? Okay, so I'm trying to be short here. I'm looking at time as well. Uh, we probably can continue later or in another form. First of all, an entrepreneur needs to be clear on what means an investment cycle because that's the way that he uh, can uh, estimate the type of efforts, the type of the duration of the process. He can definitely define his strategy on the on the funding. So and once that you you as an entrepreneur um, you understand that you can start to prepare in more detail looking at particular investors that you want to target what does it mean preparation or understanding one single investors because every investor is different that's a mantra that's, uh, that's something that uh, we cannot emphasize enough investment preferences for um, for a investor are covering the following topics sector team strategy of investment so as a fundraiser as an entrepreneur you need to understand in which sector in which industry in which subject that investor has defined his mission and vision to invest what are the major topics what are the topics where he built uh, the investor has built expertise you need to look at what he's talking publicly about secondly you need to know if the investor is in a funding stage, you need to know what's the size of the fund available. You need to know what timing he has in mind. And then be aware that uh, if the funding is, uh, the fund is fully uh, invested, even if you have a great business case, the answer will be still no. Because the investor needs to wait for another fund to be built until he can make another uh, investment. You need to understand the regional focus. Investors are uh, particular on the regional um, uh, specialization for reasons related to their mission. They choose the mission to invest in Rwanda, so they will go to Rwanda. There is no point to, to try to propose something in uh, Tunisia because the, the, the answer will be no. And then uh, there is an um, implication from a legal um, jurisdiction perspective. There are countries investors which are based in certain countries cannot invest in certain countries. This type of information needs to be understood before uh, targeting uh, a certain investor. One of the questions that came in that I wanted to bring in here, which is a continuation of what you were saying just now, Angela, is what do they expect? What did, what did the investors expect from entrepreneurs? So you figured out how to approach the best investor for you. But then what do they expect to see? And this is a question that came from Accelerate 2030 participants. 
if we we touched on a number of issues already in in your presentation and and as i said this will be available as a as a podcast uh, slash webinar to to listen to again all of these to all of these answers is there anything else that you would add here in terms of what investors expect to see from entrepreneurs maybe just to to leave with a statement that uh, is probably easier the investors are thinking in terms of risk impact and return so the entrepreneur needs to minimize the risks that the investor could perceive from investing in his own in his business they need to paint the picture of the impact in the best uh, accurate way prudent but also uh, articulate well the impact that this business will uh, produce and describe the revenue potential by building the assurance that this investor will uh, have a um, there is a track record which is um, demonstrating that the entrepreneur knows what means investment understands the implications of getting an investment that means uh, if he had the earlier investors uh, they should explain what they have done how they worked with the previous investors how they achieved their milestones and then they need to explain what's the next stage after the current funding stage where do you go with the company on a longer term because that will help the investors to position themselves and to understand what's the way out and when they will make actually the return on their current investment after expecting so risk return and impact i think this is a it's really interesting and hopefully interesting for participants to realize that some you know things that are we are discussing very often with entrepreneurs in in the network of the grown up project you have to think all these things through well ahead uh, they they will come in stages over time but the investor has all these data points in mind when they when they look at you at the moment when the proposal gets on their on their table now for specific questions we're going to move into the next section of the the webinar and before i let you go into your individual rooms where you can drill into your own questions so hopefully this presentation has raised some of the questions that you uh, that are relevant to you but also maybe you have come with your own questions that you need to solve just to let you know the next investment clinic live actually will have a question and answer section with Pierce Cumberledge who is with the Global Sustainable Capital Management in the UK he also works with Advice for Growth France and his major intervention will be around how investors select deals if you have any questions in that space and there are there are issues that you'd like to to work on then he'll be available on the 20th of February at the same time 2 p.m. CET thank you very much angela and thank you all see you later for more insights from impact investors visit www.theinvestmentclinic.com